Well, half. You have alligator arms. Half. Of, what do you mean? You mean T-Rex arms? Like no, I don't. I have T-Rex legs. <laughs> My legs are short. I'm joking. I'm Josh Sigmund, and I'm a mortgage lender. I'm also a geek for money, not just earning it and saving it, but literally everything about it. I love that money has rules. It has its truths. I love investment strategies, and I love making money work for us. For so many, money is emotional. For me, it's logical, like a puzzle. My passion is also helping others with their money. I love looking at people's finances, dissecting their puzzle, and rebuilding with strategy and purpose, and I'm really good at it. I'm making this podcast about my money strategies, not the things that are written in books or sold in programs. It's a podcast outlining the lessons I've learned and used for the past 15 years. These strategies help me and those who use them save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. Let me teach you how to build your net worth. You ready? Welcome to Sigmund Sense. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sigmund Sense. Uh, we are in month four, we figured out, four of COVID. Yes. And uh, it's sad times. Uh, if you're you're probably going to be listening to this in about a week after the recording. And so um, today we just found out that Texas is shutting down once again. You know, bars are going to be closed at noon today. Um, so there goes your afternoon drinking there. Right. Dang it. Um, but, you know, it's the conversation became very obvious what we should talk about right now because there's three things that have been happening over the last four months. Uh, obviously, the first one's the sad stuff, which is there are uh, people getting sick and some dying, right? Yeah. Um, second one is a more fun subject. There's going to be lots of babies happening in the next <laughs> six to nine months from now. And third thing, unfortunately, is that there's a, a spike in uh, filings for divorces. Yeah. Too close uh, to quarters. Yeah. Well, people are waking up and looking at each other for three months in a row and saying, am I really going to be stuck with this person for the rest of my life? Right <laughs> now, yeah. this is a money conversation and that's what the podcast is about. So I'm going to focus on the, the third one, although you know, we'll probably do another one for the kids because that's good news too. Yeah. Um, but you know, let me start by saying I don't support divorce. You know, I I think it's better served to try and figure out how to make it work, right? right? Go yeah. get some therapy, all that stuff. You know, if I were to give you a really direct uh, money saving tip, it would be it's cheaper to keep her. Uh, <laughs> and I say throw a hashtag in front of that. Hashtag cheaper to keep her. Uh, cheaper to keep her for sure. So, you know, that doesn't help. Uh, in fact, I remember Chrissy and I got in a pretty good doozy of a fight about a decade ago. And I literally remember her looking like, you know, men and women know how to cut deep when we want to, right? Like, especially your straight spouse. Straight for the jugular. We can go straight for the jugular. And I felt like I was winning our conversation. Of course you did. Of course. And then she looked me straight <laughs> in the eyes. Thought is the keyword. Yeah, she looked me straight in the eyes and she said, honey, just remember you're not near as good looking with half your assets. Boom. <laughs> and I was like, Correct. yes, damn, honey, you're right. I will shut up. <laughs> Correct. Um, and that's a good reminder to us all, right? Uh, but that being said, we do need to talk about some things with divorce because I'm getting, as a in my mortgage profession, I'm getting questions weekly, weekly. Several past clients a yeah. week are reaching out at various stages of divorces, uh, whether they're thinking about doing it, whether they're in the midst of it, or mm -hmm. they just uh, completed a, a divorce. And It's interesting for me because I'm 35 yep. and I am 
just now kind of entering the phase of my life where my friends, friends are, are yeah, yeah where my friends are getting divorces you have to pick sides I mean, that is such a real thing. And it's not, what's funny is you don't really choose. It's interesting where you fall, right? Um, on right. either side. But right. um, but yeah, it's interesting because I, for the longest time, I didn't, I didn't, I never had to deal with it. And now it's yep. it's really popping up a yep. whole lot more. Yeah, I, I, uh, I do feel like people woke up after three months of looking at their spouse and like, am I really going to be stuck with this person for the rest of my life? I mean, you know, they got a flash forward of, of what retirement might look like. And if they didn't like it, they're, they're opting out. And for the, you know, obviously there's, there's different scenarios, you know, if somebody is sure. making bad choices, then the other one absolutely should bounce. Uh, if somebody, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, different reasons for divorce. There's different reasons. And, and I've it, also had people that have found the love of their life after divorce. So I get that. I know, you know I know. I, There's, you know, it's hard to say I don't believe in it. Although I've never been divorced, I really believe that there is no plan B for me right. um, or Randy or our marriage. But it because I've never had those thoughts enter it's also hard to have the perspective mm -hmm. of what it's like you know yeah. and so um but i know we, we've definitely entered in saying we get what we're doing one time one time baby yeah so it's funny christina my our converse our arguments get shorter because we're we every, my wife and i after 16 years we just had our 16th anniversary 16 years later you know even when you're mad, I'm finally like, well, I'm stuck with you forever, so I might as well get over this. I mean, how long do I want to be pissed about this? <laughs> right? like, I just got to get over gotta it. Got to get right? over it, for sure. Um, but yeah, so um, what I wanted to talk about is specific to mortgages when it comes to divorces uh, for a, yes. a, a minute. Because there are, you know, there, there's a couple of different ways to get divorced, right? Uh, as far as, you know, are you going to actually uh, do some sort of mediation uh, or collaboration to try and... Um, save a relationship right. and make good decisions, right? Or are you going to actually go and whether what state you're in, you know, Texas, the community property state, which is pretty straightforward, 50-50 um, versus some states, if you're listening from a different state, there's something called equitable distribution, uh, which is a fair break of okay. it, but it doesn't mean it's 50-50. Interesting. Um, well, though Texas being a community property, property state trips a lot of people up. Oh, yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's some really weird things that can come of that, you know? Um, yeah. One of the one of the friends that I have that just went through a divorce, mm -hmm. she had a property well before mm -hmm. she married her husband. Yep. It was her. She bought it on her own, and they recently got a divorce. And he was trying to take that half of that property. Yep. And logically, it seems so weird, but because it's a community property state, and yep. they were married, he is entitled to fifty percent of everything. Well, if right? they uh, almost, if it, it, my understanding is, if they both contribute towards paying for the expenses and they commingled funds. Oh, yes. and see, they didn't. No. So if was, she, yeah. so yeah, um, I'm not a, uh, I'm not an attorney. I don't right. have a JD, uh, but I get to see this a lot. This is exactly the kind of problems that we're talking about. Why I think this is a good discussion mm -hmm. for the day. Um, but yeah, so somebody enters a, a marriage owning a property beforehand. They, they marry a deadbeat, which happens every once in a while. Um, you know, this is where you have conversations ahead of time, uh, obviously. Yeah. But if you have that property uh, sold and separate and you always maintain it, pay for it out of your own bills, your own income, mm -hmm. then afterwards, even if it can be property, you can lay claim to that property. However, if two incomes are going into the same bank account, that bank account is now paying for the mortgage and for the utilities and for that house. You, there's the judge and, and the attorneys are going to have a field day and, um, Play, yeah, and it's going to come down to who's got a better attorney, unfortunately, because... Yeah. 
that's going to be this, this kind of civil disputes that people get into. Um, and I don't want to go down the path of how to do it. What I, what I think my point of today is there are lots and lots and lots of horror stories yeah. that happen when people are trying to do the right thing, when they're trying to work it out, when they're trying to do mediation, when, you know, I, every once in a while someone say, well, Hey, you know, it's a, it, we both love each other. We're just not going to work out. We already agreed that we did this thousand dollar deal to get the divorce. And I'm like, I always cringe. I'm like, okay, so you got zero, zero guidance, guidance. So what are we trying to accomplish? So here's what I mean by that. So what what people need to understand is 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 uh, and by the way, I do have some backing on this. I got a I took a uh, I got a, a certification actually uh, through RCSD. Uh, Professor Murray, who's a JD uh, from Harvard Law and Stanford before that, uh, basically created the certification course. And so I do know enough to be dangerous. Yeah, I got a certification. And the certification is specifically for mortgage lenders. Uh, mortgage and real estate. Yeah, mortgage and exactly real estate. right. Um, it, it's, it, the whole point of it is, is to help people and counsel people right. on what the right and wrong way to do things is because of the things that, um, uh, you know, an, an attorney typically handles 30 to 60 case files a month. Right. And they typically have somebody else on the side, uh, helping them out with the paperwork mm-hmm. and, um, and they rely on, um, information that usually the client provides, mm-hmm. which, um, being somebody that gathers documents daily for mortgages, most a lot of people omit it, um, omit things from those. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily because they were intentionally omitting things. Correct. They weren't asked for it, so they didn't provide it. Right. And so if you don't ask exactly right questions, you mm-hmm. can miss out on things. And so what ends up happening when people need to understand is, is that once uh, there's an agreement in place, there's no backsies. Like once a divorce, no right. Like you can't <laughs> just say, oh, I, I made a mistake. Let me go ahead and change this stuff. No, 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 no. It's not how it works. And so um, let me kind of give you some uh, some splattering of thought processes about okay. why you want to consult if you have a house. Consult your mortgage person before you finalize your agreement. Okay. okay? Um, the three things I think about are, number one is preservation of credit. Uh, Which I, we see all the time. All the time. Credit uh, goes to shit. I, it's, because... That's not my credit card, but you're both on it. And Correct. jackass decide to stop paying it to screw you. It right. happens every day. I see it all the time. Or right? one partner or one person right. in the relationship is in charge of paying the mortgage. And oh, oops, the one was slid in just a few days late. And yep. now credit is toast. 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 And I'll get into specifically how impactful that can be. But credit preservation would be a first thing. Uh, the second thing I believe is super important is the preservation of home ownership. So if one of the two parties wants to keep the property, then structuring it correctly and having things upfront before mediation is super important. Meaning there's something that uh, Professor Murray describes as the, we'll use the term, the out spouse and the house spouse. The out spouse and the house. So the out spouse is leaving. Out spouse is the leaving. The house yeah. spouse is going to stay and keep the property, Right. So uh, daily, I see a, a stay-at-home man or woman. Like what, you know, there's a the working mom right. or dad versus the stay-at-home mom or dad sometimes, and that stay-at-home mom or dad might not have worked for literally six years. Yeah. Now they might be agreeing, and and this could be an amicable situation where the out spouse says, "Hey, I love you. I'm gonna take care of you. Let me go ahead and pay you this much child support. Uh, I may even give you a little bit of alimony for a little bit. Uh, you get to keep the house, right? Mm-hmm. But." The house is already has three hundred thousand dollars of equity, so I want to take half that equity out. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to agree on, you agree that I should get one hundred fifty thousand bucks of that equity, 
um, and you're going to refinance. Once we get this done, you get to keep the house. I'll pay enough money for you to, to qualify for the mortgage. And then I'll take my 150 to go buy the next house. Right. right. So you can kind of hear that dialogue happening, sure. uh, whether it's between attorneys, uh, not nicely or between potential mm-hmm. spouse, uh, breakups, you know, somewhat amicably. Right. Well, just because that's the plan doesn't mean that that person qualifies for it. Gotcha. <laughs> right. So for example, if somebody's not worked ever, depending on the loan program and certainly depending on credit, uh, even in an amicable situation, uh, there's a certain number of months that have to go by of receiving that child support or receiving that alimony yes. before you can use that income to qualify for a mortgage. And it has to continue long enough, more than three years after uh, closing, to actually use that income as well. So, so the kids' ages Yeah, make so ages of kids difference. matter. So yeah. if a child is... 17 years old, it's right. great that you're going to get $5,000 a month or $2,000 a month for child support, but it ends in it's 18 eight. months, yeah. right? Um, or, or whenever you agree. So it's really important that, meaning that spouse has zero income to qualify off of if that's what it is. Um, somebody that's been part time. Right. You know, we have lots of people that have been part time for lots of years. Uh, then they took off a couple months because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, guess what? You don't have an income unless you get a full-time salary back. And then and what so, about if they haven't been working, but during the divorce, they obviously go and find a job? Well, right. how long do you how have? How long do you have to have it? How long again, do you have to have a job? Uh, again, it's dependent on the, the loan type and down payment, but the typical answer is six months. Yeah. Uh, back on a job, if you've been off, uh, in some cases, a full year before you can wow. actually use that income to qualify, depending on how much time you've been off. Like you've been so, off for two you years. You really kind of have to plan for the divorce <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, to uh, get it done right. Or or, or one of the spouses will be upset afterwards because, hey, you said you were going to be able to do this. Right. doesn't mean that they... Or, you know, to, when you start right. learning all of this information while you're in the middle of getting right. the divorce, what started out amicably... It's very important. It starts... This is where people start getting pissed. Yep. And then you start getting into the, you know, the petty, you know, poking of the bears and trying to, you know, yep. make them pay and make it hurt because of the situation you, you know, one has been left in. So that's right. That's right. That actually paints a pretty good picture and, for and, me and, personally. And so the to whole see. point is that um, if somebody, especially if somebody needs, and the third thing would be uh, I kind of wired in the second oh, yeah. one, which is paying somebody off, taking cash out of property to because most of the wealth of Americans are in either their house or their 401k. 401ks are easy to vision depending on how it's set up in what state. But the house, it, it's more difficult to get cash out unless you sell it outright. So you've got to be able to qualify yeah. to cash out alone cash to out. be able to do that. And there's uh, every state's a little bit different too, but uh, you can do something called the OLTD in, in Texas. Texas is a uh, maximum cash out state of 80% loan to value, so mm-hmm. 20% equity which is, I think, a good thing in general. Totally. Unless they're specifically written correctly in a divorce decree, which is interesting. So you can exceed that 80% loan to value. Oh. Uh, you can go up to max loan amounts, you know, 5% down, 3% down conventional loans or FHA loans, 3.5% down, hmm. as long as it's written the right way in the divorce decree. In the divorce decree. So you, if it's omitted from the divorce decree, you can't do an LTD, right? So there, there's different things that you can do up front. So d- let me just kind of tell you the basic process of a yeah. divorce and the point by which things need to be done already or else you're kind of stuck with what you're left with, right? So you first have a petition response, you know, basically somebody files, right? Okay. Now remember that all all divorces start in with a judge. So that's an easy kind of bookend. So everything kind of starts in, in with a judge. The kind of the second stage is always uh, scheduling orders. So what's the time frames and all that stuff. 
The third is discovery. The third is discovery. Okay. Discovery is when attorneys or you should be finding out where all the assets are, how much equity there is. We're going to try and get an appraisal, find out what the value of a property is. Uh, there should be things like title searches done on properties. Uh, you say should. Does well, that yeah, mean people don't do it. If they, they don't, don't do it. Uh, unfortunately, the assumption is is that everyone knows what the hell they're doing. And when uh, you say, are you talking about the attorney should be pulling a title? Uh, attorney attorneys do okay. typically. Okay. Uh, but more and more divorces are doing these easier, less expensive. Got it. Type of situations, and so okay. if they're not looking up title searches. I'll mm-hmm. give you an example of a really bad story here in a second okay. that recently happened with one of my clients. Um, but. It just, it just is what it is. So the point is the discovery phase would be a super important time to, if you've got a house or want to buy a house or want to refinance a house, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you have kids and you're like, well, I want my kids to be able to stay in the house and, and so that there's not mo- a lot of disruption. You got to meet with a mortgage lender. Whoever your mortgage lender is, it doesn't have to be me. You got to meet with one yeah. before the next phase. Because the next phase when you actually have your mediation, which is your property settlement agreement, okay. right? Once there's a property settlement agreement, guys, it's over. Like that's what you agreed to. It's a legally bonding instrument. Like that's in what, the mediation. That, yeah, the, the, the exactly right. This is, you you is sign to, off on it. I sign off on it. This is what we're this doing. Is what we're doing. This is it. And people think that like you know, not until the final divorce decree is is signed, filed, and judge signs off on it. The mediation is the mediation. The, the but surely the, during that mediation, if you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that. Well, you then, wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't finalize that, but because you can't go to the next. But step. you also so you don't want to drag it on either, right? And a lot of times, uh, time sensitivity is what promotes people mm-hmm. to sign off on things before they fully understand the consequences, right? And this is the point. And is, you're in an emotional state. Right. Like there's always two sides. Hard, so one is like, yeah. I want to get rid of you, you son of a bitch. Right. right. So, you know, uh, sign this or I'll agree to sign this because I just want to be done. I just want to be done. Yeah. And that's, you got to think about that. That's very typically the emotional spot that somebody's in. I have had two people that yep. are, have literally just thrown their ha- hands in the air and said, just take it, take yep. the money, take the house, yep. take the, I can't, I'll. I can't deal with this, yep. you know? It's not worth it. Yep. And which then is the other horrible. side, there are some, you know, I've got some very close friends of mine that have gotten divorced and, you know, they, for the most part, did it the right way. Um, but they were smart enough to ask some better questions before they went through with the divorce, mm-hmm. right? So again, you got the mediation. Then there's a trial. If if there's a trial, you know, uh, necessary, depending on what type of uh, divorce that you're going through. And then you fi- have your final that's called a memorandum of decision and then a final divorce decree. So that's kind of the process. But the point is that the property settlement agreement is done well before the end. Right. So you have to deal with the stuff earlier in the process than you think that you should do. So let me kind of talk about some scary stories that, uh, that I've personally uh, encountered that Dr. Murray uh, shares a lot about one at a time because there's lots of things kind of watch out for. And this is, you know, I I work uh, hand in hand with a couple of local divorce attorneys specifically to help them fill this need because Mm -hmm. there, there is a lot of misinformation. So first thing is, is that, um, regardless of what type of divorce somebody is going through in general, um, there's, they're going to fill out at some point something called a marital balance sheet. Okay. Mm -hmm. The marital balance sheet is what a divorce attorney would deal with or a CFP would deal with. Um, but basically it's going to kind of show all the assets and liabilities that that family has, right? A marital balance sheet. So it's got, I own this car, this house, this car, uh, this gold, this silver, this stocks, this mutual funds, this what all this, and then all the, and then the liabilities of 
I owe for this car. I owe for this mortgage. I owe for this rental property. So it's in theory, it's got everything lined out, right? Um, but when they get to certain parts of the marital balance sheet, the simple question is, okay, you own that property. Well, what's it worth? Here's your first problem, okay? Um, appraisals are recommended. Uh, appraisals backed by another realtor that's got that does a really good CMA is probably preferred. Mm-hmm. But the the problem then becomes well the the thought here is well if I'm going to divide the estate and most of the equity and most of the money in my family is in my house, then in theory all you're taking is the value of the house minus the loan payoff equals the equity, right? Divided by two. False. False. Right. Because there's zero way to access that money without some sort of cost, yeah. whether it's a sale cost incurred 100%. or whether it's a refinance cost incurred. And you're assuming that the liabilities that are on there are the only liabilities that are tied to the property. Mm. Because sometimes people, after they buy a house, they forget that they got a pool loan. Oh, and that yeah. might be a lien tied to the property. Well, and what or, about this? What if they don't get an appraisal? Or what if you just get a CMA and then Or the, what if somebody goes to way- Bear County Appraisal District and takes for value what's on there? Yeah. Like, like if you let don't me have say an that accurate- a, a, a second time. I see this all the time of my value of my house is, according to Bear County Appraisal District, 330000 Well, let me be really frank with you. Most of the time, it's not correct. taxes lag real values. Yeah. Like the assessed valuation at the county mm-hmm. is less than reality. Right. So right. that's not an appraisal. You want that to be low. Why does the appraisal district <laughs> keep it lower than the real values? I'll just use San Antonio's example. There's 2 million pissed off people if the value is the real value. There's about 100 appraisers at the county. So they know if they're 5 or 10% under what the real value is, they have fewer people yelling and screaming about it every single year because they yeah. can't handle 2 million people, right. 2 million homeowners yeah. arguing. They can handle a couple hundred thousand. And you're talking about million. because it affects their taxes. Right. Exactly right. So mm. my point is, is that you can't take for granted what's on the county. You should get an appraiser who's going to get you an appraisal, uh, uh, an appraisal, like who are going to trust with that. And then do you have a realtor involved to get a CMA involved? Like so a, 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 good realtor. a really good realtor, not the 14,000 bad ones realtor. in San Antonio as an example. Yes. There's like a hundred good ones out of the 14,000 Because my guess ones. would be that people would have a CMA before an appraisal. You would think. You would but, think. Or yeah. an, a CMA without an appraisal. Yep. Right? And if you don't have an accurate appraisal, or I'm sorry, well, CMA. Well, the whole basis of the marital balance sheet is flawed from the base at the beginning if the appraised value is not correct, right? right. So, you know, I'm uh, going to be the out spouse and the house spouse that wants to, you know, give me half the money. And so I say, okay, it's worth 330. It's really worth 380, but I'll take the value of the accounting. It's 330. Well, I just walked away from a whole I, lot of equity in the property I as the mean. outspouse. And it happens all the, all the time, right? So that's the first thing, right? Separate of appraisals now, we go to the title. So I started talking about, well, is there really only one lien? Um, so there are other liens like tax liens that mm-hmm. show up on properties, okay? Uh, a lot of people get divorced over money. Mm-hmm. Most of the people get divorced over money is because of the lack thereof, not because of too much. So when there's <laughs> yeah. a lack thereof of money, things like state tax liens, IRS tax liens, yeah. uh, HOA liens, um, liens show up on the property. That one spouse that might not be paying the bills because they don't do their personal family budget together, right, show up on the property. So now mm-hmm. yeah, the house spouse agrees to take the house. And so let's flip it around. The, let's assume the value is right. The appraisal value is right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give 
the out spouse a hundred thousand bucks of the two hundred thousand dollars of equity based on my hundred thousand dollar payoff of my mortgage. But my jackass ex didn't tell me that he didn't pay the tax bill for the last three years. And there's a ten thousand dollar tax bill on the property. On the property. And my jackass ex didn't tell me that when we moved from Tennessee or from a state that has state income tax, they didn't pay their state income tax the last couple of years. So now there's a state income tax lien against the property, right? Yeah. So now when I go to sell the house two years later, I thought, well, I can. can, Well, you can. But but the (laughs) $100,000 equity I thought I had might be only 50. Right. Because of I've got to pay off the state tax lien, the the HOA or or whatever IRS lien that's attached to the property as well because no one did the damn title research up front because wow. they took, right? So you can see how somebody's getting screwed in those types of situations, sure. even if it wasn't intended because somebody didn't ask or they didn't know. Dead, yeah. no, by the way, when I uh, pull credit and I find out that there's a lien on a property, no one ever knew about it. <laughs> that's, that's the common answer. I didn't yeah, know about that, I right? I didn't know about that. Um, so, so there's a, a big flaw that happens there. Um, let's talk Which about is insurance. also a good thing to maybe get your credit pulled like once a year, I think. And oh just yeah, take get a on some at, sort of credit monitoring yeah. for sure. Um, Let's talk about credit, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually pulled up from, from FICO. Just wanted to see ex- what their most recent uh, information is about what a single late payment for good credit scores would do. A Ugh. single 30-day late. So Just this a punch is not, in the stomach. Right, so this <clears throat> is separate of, uh, so let's talk about what happens, right? Um, how do you, So in a divorce, let's say that both of you, you and your spouse, both qualified for the mortgage. And so you're both borrowers on the mortgage. Okay. And let's say that in the mediated divorce or in the you know collaborative divorce, I say, honey, you keep it, okay? That does not relieve me of my obligation to pay the mortgage. Now the, the divorce- Because you're de- on the note. It's on the note, right? So the divorce decree can say very clearly, uh, honey, you, you're, you get the house and you're supposed to pay the mortgage, mm-hmm. right? But- that doesn't remove me from the mortgage. You have to be refinanced you off, You have to correct? be refinanced off okay. to get off the mortgage, right? The mortgage specifically. You can be removed from title with the stroke of a pen, Okay. but you don't get off the mortgage without a refinance. And really quick on that too. So whether you're on the note or not, because if you're, if you're living in Texas anyway, whether you're on the note or not, you're on the deed. In Texas, you are if it's a if it's a primary residence because it's a community property state, right. so husband and wife sign. Yeah. And so the moment you get a divorce, do you fall off of that deed? No, you don't fall off it. Uh, there's got to be something called a quit claim deed usually, uh, okay. where you're quitting your claim to the property. Okay. Right. So a divorce degree satisfies taken care that of during the divorce. Like, is that something? It should be. Okay. It very rarely <laughs> happens, right? So what? the better divorce attorneys for sure, right? Okay. Um, they're having people sign off one property or the other, you know, division of estates, marital assets, mm-hmm. that's all happening. It should be done. Uh, but again, it's, uh, if you're doing a cheaper divorce and saving money and you don't, yeah. uh, go down the courthouse to do the deed and, and remove one spouse or the other from it, it's going to come up later. Yeah. Uh, and while divorces are, sometimes are amicable day one, things can sour when, uh, when, I mean. when somebody brings a new boo around. I mean, just li- just like listening, <laughs> right? Um, just listening. I can totally see where what started out as, hey, we're gonna like make we're work. gonna make we're gonna be friends throughout this. Go, I mean, we've just painted a picture of yeah, yeah people get butt hurt. Yeah, well, I'll just give you some really 
good examples, right? So if somebody is not removed from the deed and they didn't specifically identify a property within the divorce, then they still own the damn property. There's nothing that's specifically yeah. identified as sold and separate, which means that, hey, I thought that we were good. And five years later, I go to sell my house. And by the way, I'm remarried with somebody that my, my ex doesn't like. Mm. The title company is going to say, uh, we need her to sign it too. Yes. So what do you think her is going to request? I mean. Money. Yeah. They're going to say, well, I'm not going to sign that unless you make it worth my while, right? Mm-hmm. So you see that happen after the fact if it's not done the right way in the divorce decree or through, through quick claim. But let's take it a step further, okay? So the outspouse leaves the mortgage with you, clearly identifies the property with you. I'm The outspouse actually signs away and it's no longer his house, but they never, either because they forgot to, didn't know to, or couldn't refinance the outspouse off the off. existing mortgage, which is why it's in both interests of both parties to get this refinance done, which means talk to a mortgage professional beforehand, right? Then before the divorce is final, but not before the divorce is final, before the property settlement agreement. Got before it. The mar- that, before that mediation happens, okay. you got to get this all, all figured out, right? So the reason is, is let's say again, amical divorce, and you've been making the payments on time, you're happy. And uh, whether or not it's a bad thing that happens, like maybe you just get pissed off at your ex because he's dating some hot thing that's half the half your age and close to your daughter's age, or you just happen to lose your job. Like, and now you can't make the mortgage payment. Yeah. Well, his credit is screwed too. Right. Whether it was malicious, which I see a lot of. I was going to say, that would be my non malicious intent. Yeah. His credit is screwed too because he's still on the he's mortgage. On the so note, he's still yeah. obligated from the mortgage perspective, right? So let me just give you an example. A consumer with a seven, this is directly from FICO, by the way, a consumer with a 780 credit score with a single 30 day late payment will drop down to about 670. 100 points. More, more than 100 points. You said 780? From 780 to 670. Yeah. Yep. If they have 90 days late, which usually, you know, people aren't checking their credit scores every single day. So, and you're not going to fess up that you missed the payment. So you're going to try and figure it out. You're trying to get a job. Or you Because you actually liked it. him. You liked him or you, or you, you hate him. And so he's, you're going to just keep on screwing his credit <laughs> because you have a house. You don't really care, right? <laughs> I'm not um, going anywhere. Right. And this, by the way, happens. This, this crazy people do sh- crazy things during crazy times, right? Yeah. So... You got the house and you don't, you're not worried about moving. So you just start missing all your mortgage payments to screw him from being able to buy a house, right? Because if they're 90 days late, first of all, you can't get a new mortgage if you're 30 days late on a mortgage within 12 months. Right. Right. So start there. Miss one payment, you're waiting a year. And then the nine days late, you're down to a 650 credit score on average going from 780. 780, by the way, is top 1% of the nation. I mean. So let's just say that you're a 680 to 700 range. Uh, your new credit score after nine days missed payments is under 600. And you're toast. On everything. everything. No cars, right. or very high rates on cars, right. not qualifying for a mortgage, all that stuff. So this is super important stuff to take care of before the mediation yeah. actually happens, right? Um, so we've talked about appraisal issues. we talked about lien issues. we talked about credit issues, right? The fourth area that people don't even think about, and this actually... Uh, through a death, I experienced it with my, my grandmother's death. She was a co-joint uh, owner of a property with my mother-in-law, right? So it's interesting how this actually plays out. But let's say that uh, let's say that uh, the man, just using the example, the man owned a property prior to marriage. Okay. 
and the wife moves in when they get married. Okay. And they do an amicable divorce. Um, but the man literally says, honey, you know, this you is- keep the house. Yeah, I want you to keep the house. I want you to keep, you know, I want I want to disrupt the kids. Even though it was you stay his here. before. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Even, but, and this is key because if he bought the house before marriage, he was on the mortgage. He was on the insurance. This is what I wanted to point out, the insurance. Okay. okay? So he, when he qualified for the mortgage, he had to get property homeowner's insurance, right? So he's the one that's the insured along with the mortgage company on the insurance. Okay. And maybe they lived there for 15, 20 years together and the house is literally paid off and he realizes she's going to have a very little income. She's been staying at home, mom. He's going to help out with some child support and alimony. You keep the house, keep your bills down. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and he felt like he did the right thing. He did a good job. Well, this is a true story that happened. He moves out. And five years later, their marriage, their, even their after marriage, it got really, 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 really bad after the marriage. Like oh. it was good through the marriage. After the marriage, it got really, really, really bad. And there was a hailstorm here in San Antonio. Like their relationship got bad? Yeah. Okay. It soured because okay. the one person found out the other person was had a, a relationship prior to the end okay. of the Okay. I just want to make sure that's what you're right? talking about. Right. So it got worse after all the agreements is my yeah. point. Right. So five years later, literally there was a big hailstorm here in San Antonio, right? And it was a metal roof oh. and it cost thirty, forty thousand dollars to fix the roof. The house is free and clear. So the woman who's been living there for the last five years, paying the tax, paying the bills, paying everything, it's her house, right? She files an insurance claim. Okay. He's the insured. Mm. Because she never went back. And changed the insured on the insurance. Oh my gosh. Okay. So he And the house is paid. So guess what the the house paid off? Guess who the check is written out to from the insurance company? No. No, 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 no. True story. Oh my gosh. True story. So now he's got a thirty thousand dollar check. And the relationship is toast. He can cash it. Oh it's his check. My gosh. The insured is him, right? So we experienced this in my family and I, uh, through a death because, uh, my Has grandmother the story ended yet. Or are you, is this still actively happening? Like, no, no. Like did they, ca- did he cash the check? And like, he cashed the check. It's his <laughs> check. He didn't like her anymore. Oh no. Right. And the insurance company is not a fault. She never changed. Of course the, not. The insurer, yeah, right. Just... So what I'm saying about how much I know this is a real thing and how it probably happens more often than you think is when my mother my mother-in-law inherited a property that when my grandmother-in-law died, right? Mm-hmm. They were on the note together. They were on the uh, deed together okay. uh, through a ladybird deed. It doesn't matter. And she passed on, you know, 15 months before there was hailstorm damage done to uh, the house oh. that she w- that the grandma lived in. So right before she was selling it, she had to replace the roof. So she filed a claim because there was insurance. And the check was written out to who? Grandma-in-law? Grandma, who's dead. Uh-oh. Right? Yeah. Um, so the only way to deal with it would be to go through probate to get... There was nothing else to probate, by the way. The only assets she had at the time was the house. So she, the only way to go get that check done was to, would be to go down the courthouse, file a probate claim, hmm. go through that whole thing so that the check could be written over to her. Wow. Right? So again, in a divorce, uh, a lot of times people are not amicable and helpful. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's just one of those things of did you change your damn insurance, which is done when you're refinancing. Right. Yeah. Right. If you can refinance in the first place. Mm-hmm. But if they're stuck and they can't refinance, change your insurance. Right. That's a big deal. 
Um, well, just like we say, it's always best to get pre-qualified as early as possible. Yep. Um, it's like best to do these things as early as possible when the divorce starts or when you make the decision to get a divorce yep. because, you know, the longer it goes on, <clears throat> the more, the more things come up, the more things happen, the more yep. feelings get hurt, the harder it is. People start moving out, new relationships, you start sharing kids, things. Yep. So as yep. early as possible sounds like the- Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, and even that might not save you. It depends on how devious your soon-to-be ex is, right? Um, I'll tell you a crazy story. This is another true story. <laughs> and this oh. was just a, this is a sly fox. There's no other way to explain it. Like this lady was super sharp and wicked and wicked, but super, super smart. So what she did <laughs> is uh, she decides she wants to be the outspouse. And um, they agreed that he could keep the equity in the property if she could get all the retirement assets. Okay. Um, were they about the, equal or something in theory? Oh, right. Okay. Um, they, but they agreed to it. I don't remember the exact balance, but I'm sure they were pretty close to equal or he wouldn't have signed it. Right. He's going to be the house spouse. He's going to keep the house, uh, a requirement of the divorce, uh, the, the, the agreement was that he got to keep hundred percent of the equity in the, in the house, as long as he refinanced her off of the property. Okay. Within 90 days of the final divorce decree. Okay. Okay. If he did not refinance her off the property within 90 days, he was required, according to the decree, to sell the property and they would split whatever equity there was in the property. Okay. So fo follow that story so far? Yeah. Okay. So she's already got the money for the retirement. Okay. Right. He all he has to do is refinance his house, and he gets to keep his money what? in the marriage in the in the house, right? Um, because they're trying to work things out and do it nice and civilly. What she did is she said, "Honey, let me uh, let's go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and buy a house right now, um, so that when this is all over, I've already got this house, and that way you can go right into refinancing." And so she went and bought a house and started the process before the divorce decree was even final. Degree was final. She closed like within a week, right? So he doesn't have to be there to sign. Doesn't have to be there because it's her on her own and the divorce is final, right? Final. So she's now got a house, okay? They were both on the mortgage that he's going to refinance. That's one of the reasons why she wanted to refinance off. She always pays the bills. So she made sure that she missed a 30-day late mortgage payment on the old house as soon as she closed, closed on her new house, which made him <laughs> unable, unable, yeah. To refinance within 90 days. Right. Which forced the sale and she got 50% of what was oh left. Oh my God. Well, you can't that make is, that shit up. It's, that is foxy. It's foxy and wicked. 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 And if you're listening strategic. to this. She's probably watching this and listening and she's laughing. Like, and like, yes, I did that to that guy. I um, mean, what what ha what did he do? <laughs> or maybe he married her like that, and that's why they're getting divorced in the first place, right? Yeah. Um what did here's he do? The, here's the here's the point, right? That's um, crazy. Yeah, the, the more that you know up front, the better yeah. things are. So, okay, yeah. let me ask this then. It seems like the best thing to do is sell the property. Um, yeah, yes Because doesn't no. that uncover, like, you're going to, when you go to sell, <laughs> yeah. all of these, like, skeletons are going to come I out. I think if you're making it super easy, the answer is yes. That being said, more conversations than, than others are about not disrupting the children. So that's why yeah. a lot of people, and so I mean, a, if you also, again, 
do the right things up front before you agree yeah. things and close you know so to just protect yourself and, and your ex and all that stuff then it's it's pretty fairly easy to do like i mean i think you know there's some basic things here's a great example because um you know the ability to refinance is a key right the ability right. for the house spouse to be able to refinance to be able to pay you out if it is amicable mm -hmm. is super important and it's amazing to me how often basic things if spoken about early would be missed so for example um this husband's specific example for a client of mine 90 days ago mm -hmm. this husband uh really was going above and beyond to try and help out and make sure that this woman was able to stay in her house with the kids and all this. Um, he uh, he had a fluctuating income business, so he didn't want there to be a super high alimony and child support. Um, so what he agreed to was a lot of money up front to her to reduce the monthly outgo because right. he didn't know what his year was going to be like next year or the following year, right? So uh -huh. he's really doing front loading for her, which is really a good way, nice thing to do. He didn't have to do that, right? But by doing that, he decreased the amount of the alimony and the child support to, to a, a threshold. That didn't qualify. And he was relying on 180,000 bucks cash out refinance of the property for him to be able to move on with his life. That sure. was the ability for him to get his own money to move forward. Yeah. So now she's given her all the money. And by the way, remember, there's no backsies. No backsies. Here's all your money, right? <laughs> and then let's hope we qualify. Honey, I really am trying to, but I can't give I you can't. your money. I yeah. cannot. And it was off by like 300 bucks. Oh. Like if if he had agreed to pay her $300 more a month and maybe retain 30,000 bucks of what he gave, right? She, they would have both been able to accomplish what they both wanted. Wow. Right? So, um, Which would have been, again, would have been avoided. Right. Another one is a lot of people will say, well, I'm not going to start paying out my child support until the day of the divorce. Uh -huh. Well, if your plan is to refinance off quickly and you need that income to qualify, yeah, 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 it doesn't yeah. work. But yeah. if you're really amicable or you have a, a smart a divorce attorney, you start paying alimony and child support three or six months before you're divorced. I've monthly. never even heard of that before. Monthly. Because now I've got a proof of this amount six months in a row. Boom, 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 there boom, boom. Go. The sixth payment is after the divorce decree is final. I've got a history of the six months. I've got three years of continuance. We can close the next month. I wonder how often that actually happens. A lot. Because I yeah. counsel people. A lot. On getting the... Start early. If you're going to divide it early, just take... If, if you're going to pay somebody $3,000 a month for three months early... Just take $9,000 less. I feel like the stories I always hear are how how far can we like push it to where we don't have to start paying? Yep. And how little It goes back to I strategy. To? I think it really just goes back to um, knowing what you and your out spouse or house spouse, knowing what the opposite, what you both want. Yeah. If there's a house involved, you can both accomplish it if done right up front. Up front. The main on. thing I'm trying to point out is once that mediation mm. is over, no backsies. Right. You could have shot yourself in the foot. And totally. if my job as a podcast speaker is to <laughs> right. help you retain some wealth, yeah. Then that's one of the main things I'm trying to point out because I'm seeing it over so and over and over again. Don't get screwed out of some equity because you didn't get the right appraisal. I mean don't get screwed out of some equity because you didn't double check all the liens. Don't get screwed out of insurance money five years later because you didn't forget didn't to change, change your insurance, insurance. You know, don't get your credit screwed because the you know you didn't understand that even though um, you signed over the house, yeah, 
you didn't refinance off the property and the ex stopped making payments and your credit's screwed too, right? Well, and like I think you can just too, go down this list of all yeah. the things that are so avoidable if you just know what to look for. Well, and I think too, you know, talking about the houses that were acquired before marriage, you know, being strategic about the way that those are handled. So mm -hmm. that way it's either protected or you're not shocked when it's something that can be a point of negotiation and during the divorce, yep. you know, like learning all of that stuff. I, I go back to there's no plan B though. Like there's you no know, plan B. If you've got a lot of wealth, you know, your advisor, your attorneys can tell you to get a prenup. Right. Um, you know, if you're starting off young in life and you're in love, you know, I'm all about take care of each other. And, and, I mean, and this really does go back to the first best option is don't get divorced. You know, you can, you're, I, I just gave off a list of, you know, lot, seven, eight, 10 ways to lose lots of money. Why don't you just spend that money on therapy, on therapy and counseling <laughs> Go to and therapy. do it early, right? Yeah. Like, let's figure out a way to stay together. Um, so like start therapy before you're fighting, right? Like, right. So my daughter. And, and don't you know, do it as a token either. Like you're wasting money if I want to be able to tell my friends that I did everything I did that everything I could. could yeah. Bullshit. Like you're checking a box. You do it if you're really yeah. trying to fix and save your marriage, right? Yeah. So that's why I would encourage people to get help. Just not even help. Talk openly with a uh, somebody with a credential that knows what the hell they're talking about to help your marriage go to another level, right? Yeah, totally. Um, and I think you know, marriage or money is something that is so high on the list for reasons for mm -hmm. um, getting a divorce or causing problems in a relationship. So again, one more reason to budget and to have those conversations. Yep. Um, you know, obviously you are our budget coach and I literally <laughs> like, I'm like, next time we have to talk about this. Here's the talking points for next time because it's easier with a third party mm -hmm. to navigate those conversations. Yep. You're not a therapist, nope. but you're a third party that can I bring can something to the table. I see. I see right. what I see. And you can bring something to the table yep. and say, how are we going to handle this? And yep. let Randy speak and let me speak. And then again, it's just a another avoidance, right? Like, yep. Not avoiding, but it's um, another bumper, another bumper. Absolutely. Yep. And, um, you know, when there's only one person that's dealing with the finances, there's one spouse being left in the dark. One hundred percent. That's not good. I mean, that's where you get into a lot of trouble and you don't know that. Oh, my gosh, we haven't been making our mortgage payments. Oh, my gosh. There's no money in our 401ks or our IRAs because that's how they've been paying the bills for the last mm -hmm. six, eight, ten months. I mean, that's crazy yep, shit. That's right. That's <laughs> so right. like talking about, I just think it's, I mean, incredibly important to be having these conversations with your spouse. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I was thinking about some advice my dad gave me that I will not repeat on this show. Um, but I'm trying to think. Uh, I feel like you've told me some really funny things that your dad have said about money relationships. But oh, it's, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure he was joking. He, he told me this. In fact, I, I will say it. Who cares? This is not a PG statement. So if you have little ears, please cover them up. <laughs> Um, my my dad told me after a divorce um, that he had, my dad's, you know, I, you guys know from the show that my parents got divorced, <laughs> right? And in a fit of anger, he told me something. He said, if it if it flies, if it floats, or if it Fs, you should rent it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is really funny if <laughs> you pay attention. Uh, but, you know, the point is get into marriage. <laughs> like don't do it in Vegas. Let's figure things out ahead of time. Don't do it in Vegas. Uh, yeah. But, Although, if, but if once you're married, stay married. Stay cheaper to keep her. Married. Cheaper to keep her for Randy sure. Randy and I were in Vegas before we got married and um, on, a, on a trip. We had a guy that 
offered to pay for us to get married, ring and wedding. And we were, you guys, like we were getting married. Like it was not like, oh, still testing it out. No, like we were going to get married. We were engaged. No, were we? I can't remember. Anyway, we should have freaking done it. I'm like, what were Save we thinking? Yep. Save it. Like, that's a whole different podcast. That's a about, whole different podcast. Like, let's not spend <laughs> way too much money on a wedding. Let's go ahead and use that to for a down payment on a house. Let's go ahead and do that kind of stuff. I right? mean, I mean, I got two daughters. I'm saving for, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, let me know I, how that down payment talk right? goes with them. That's uh-huh. right. Yeah, that'll be well. That'd be more of a fight with my wife, but Christy will probably win that <laughs> one. I'll give advice. It doesn't mean I always follow my own advice sometimes. Uh, um, but I hope funny. this was helpful. Uh, Absolutely. I think that's our time. This is another episode of Sigmund Sense. Please like and subscribe and share and follow us on all of our different channels. Oh, which by the way includes TikTok now. Oh, we now. got TikTok now. That's right. Check that's out right. the TikTok. But until next time, <laughs> thanks for joining us. <laughs>